0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly.
1: The triangle set to the top of the pattern. Now Spielman in motion to the near side. Rolling right as McCaffrey. Throws it toward the end zone. Wide open is Noah. Makes a catch. And it is a push Nebraska.
0: Now let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin.
1: Here we are, back for another week of Sports Highly. Hope you had a good weekend. Hope you didn't blow away. There were some high winds whipping through the state over the weekend. A little rain today. That's all right. Good stuff. Welcome. Glad you picked us out of the lineup tonight for a little bit. Here's what we have coming up on the program. Spring football is underway at Nebraska. Oscars had their first practice earlier today. The head coach had a press conference Uh, After that practice, we'll play you some clips of that. Uh, They made about eight, six, eight, uh, seven or eight players available today to the media. Then the assistant coaches all um, met with the media for a 30-minute session. So lots and lots of Husker football talk today at the stadium. We'll uh, hear some of the head coaches' comments coming up here in just a few minutes. It's our final men's basketball radio show of the year. Fred Hoiberg will be in studio in hour number two. Huskers wrapped up the regular season um, yesterday in Minneapolis. The Gophers were on fire. They hit 18 to 35 from three point range last night. Um, in Nebraska playing shorthanded with some suspensions. Really uh, had a tough time hanging in that game after about the first 10-12 minutes of that one in Minneapolis. We'll hear about that. Oscars head to Indianapolis this week for the Big Ten Tournament, which gets underway on Wednesday night. We'll have our weekend rewind in Hour 3. We'll also hear from Wandale Robinson. Ben caught up with him, the young man who had a spectacular freshman season for the Big Red on the football field, back for his sophomore year. We'll hear what Wandale's take is about the offseason season. Coming up in hour number three. And as always, phone lines are open and available to you at 866-HOSCAR-1. I'm holding up for our cameras. Our, the uh, old Nebraska football spring guide is out. Bios on all the young men that are part of the football program and some big changes that were there today. A couple of things that, that stuck out to me, Ben, and I want your take as you sat and listened to players and the head coach, a couple of the assistant coaches talk today, was I, I, I sensed a – A very low-key approach by a lot of the players. There was no bragging, no chest-thumping, nor should there be, coming off the season that Nebraska had. You, uh, Cam Tater-Britt, wore a kind of a Be Humble-type shirt to the uh, press conference today. Um, Even Scott Frost said that on the elevator ride up to the press conference that they were talking about that he goes, I want to tell you we had a good practice today, but I get killed every time I say that because people say, well, You couldn't have had that good a practice because you didn't play real well on Saturday, but he goes, we did. We had a really good first day of spring football practice today. Um, So that stuck out to me. If if you ask me about what players' names came up maybe the most today, to me it might have been Jordan Riley. Several players brought him up at the podium today, the junior college transfer from Garden City, big defensive lineman that began his career at North Carolina. Um, I heard Tony Tuyote today say that when he arrived here in January to start the spring semester, Benny weighed 370. He's down to 321 now, and Tony says I can't tell the difference from 370 to 321. But uh, several players, Colin Miller, said, "Man, that is a big old guy who can really run." Uh, Huskers having planted nose tackle. Um, that was the name that I probably heard the most today from a lot of people, a lot of the players that were up at the podium, and some of the coaches.
2: Yeah, there were a handful that I heard a lot today as well. Adrian Martinez was one that you expected to hear. uh, You know how he responded from a tough offseason. Another guy that I think we're going to hear a lot of this spring is Alonte Brown, and I don't know that it's so much from the hype standpoint as it is necessity. Uh, I mean, this I I talked to Wandale today, and we'll hear that conversation a little later on. But something that we talked about was kind of where elante is compared to wandale when he came in and there wasn't a lot of option for wandale either to just not to not sit on on the side and let other guys go i mean he he had to do it and it's going to be the same thing for elante brown this spring is whether you know the reps are good reps or bad reps he's going to be out there and so i think that that's a name that that we heard a lot today and um, you know I think the the other guy that kind of sticks in my mind and we heard from two offensive linemen today and that could be wise Bryce Benhart I think that's going to kind of kind of be another guy that we're paying attention to this spring and coach Frost even even said today that uh, you know Farniak's gonna play some guard and we're gonna give some other guys and he didn't name names specifically but I think we know who he's talking about that's gonna be Bryce he's gonna get a look at right tackle and I think that's um, that's another kind of story that we're watching this, this spring is Nebraska returns all five offensive linemen, but they also have three or four guys that are, that are young guys that have a, a, a lot of talent and are going to push some of these older guys, some of these starters for snaps and playing time. And so that, it's a really healthy competition up front on the offensive line, um, this spring and going to be, you know, this summer and the fall camp. And of course, you know, once the season gets started as well, so. You know, those are some of the names that that stuck out to me of, of guys that, you know, either were were talked about or, you know, going to have a a relatively large part of importance here this spring. I sat in on Greg Austin's the offensive line coach's roundtable for a little
1: while, and he was saying, yeah, he says there's no excuses now. He goes, we've got all five starters back. We've got kids that have redshirted that have gotten bigger, stronger, and that are pushing our guys to get into the rotation even either as a second teamer or possibly knocking on the door to start. Um, That was a thing going back to your Alante Brown. Coach Frost alluded to him at the podium saying we ran one play and he he took it to the house and he said, I like that is what he said. So uh, we heard it on the television show from Scott Frost a few weeks ago that Alante Brown timed out as the fastest Husker when they went through some agility drills when they first got back in January. There is speed there. It's a young man from um, the Chicago area that, remember, he picked, uh, he's chose Nebraska live on BTN on the signing period back in December. But you're right. I think you may start hearing Alante Brown's name kind of connected more and more to Wandale Robinson as we go. And that may be not fair to him because Wandale really had a heck of a freshman year, but if he's close to that, Nebraska might have something kind of special in there. So I, I like the tone. I thought the head coach kind of rode the right fence today of of being positive but not being over the top and he clearly stating we have a lot of work to do. We have not had the results here in the last two years that we any of us have wanted. But I, I thought he had the, good, the right mix today at the press conference.
2: Yeah, I, I – I, you know <laughs> – Fair or not fair, and and I don't like this either, but there were a lot of questions from the media directed toward the players and even Coach Frost about what's your mantra, what's the theme, you know, what's kind of the attitude, trying to, you know, maybe pull something out that wasn't there. And I kind of admired a lot of the players' responses, and and everybody answered their own way. So clearly there isn't one One, overarching theme that. You know, a writer could say, well, this is what it's going to be for the Huskers this spring. It's to, – to me, everybody kind of had their own answer, and I like that. And I, and I kind of feel like if there is one, it's – the mantra is what they didn't say. It's a work in silence type mentality. And I think, you know, last year there was a lot of things said about Wandale, a lot of expectation about Adrian Martinez. Um, you know, I think everyone expected improvement in the secondary – You're returning, you know, Muhammad Barry at linebacker. You know, there was a lot of Alex Davis's name blew up in the spring. I think there was a lot of parts to this team that were pretty high. Mo Washington, I guess, from what we heard, was just killing it in camp. So there was a lot of positive things that came out of last year. And with that, um, you know, when we're relaying that information, then comes the hype train. You know, Coach Frost kind of alluded that today, and we'll hear the clip later on, about you know, people hear that stuff, they get excited as they should, and they expect Nebraska to win games and players to win awards and all that stuff's great. That didn't happen last year. In fact, it was quite the opposite. And I think the players are, are more aware of that now. The coaches, based on what we heard from Coach Frost today, coaches are definitely more aware of that. Um, you know, we talked to Mitch Sherman from The Athletic about the lack of access that the media was getting to – to the coaches and players and as I said before and I'll say it again I think that's just fine I think that's probably the fans needed a break and I think you know for the players and coaches to just kind of step away and as I said work in silence um and look everybody in the country is working hard right now every team in the country has an off-season program every team in the country is in the weight room every team in the country is doing seven on sevens but it's, you know, how you go about that work, the amount of work that you're putting in, how confident that makes you, the cohesiveness, the teamwork, you know, all that stuff goes into making good football teams on Saturdays. And and I guess the theme that I got from talking from and hearing from some of the players today was, you know, work in silence, yes, but also attention to detail. Every one of them to a man talked about details today, whether it be where you line up, where your eyes are, how you're breaking off a route, uh, all those little things, um, you know, I think three or four of them basically said, if we do those little things last year, we're winning four or five more games. And I think that's kind of where the where the focus is right now. No quarterbacks in attendance today. They were not one of the group of players that came up. Surprised? No. I, I feel like it probably would have been a distraction. Um, you know, a lot of stories would have been made, and there still are, you know, even without the quarterback showing up. A lot of stories today are going to be put out about the quarterback situation. Uh, where Luke McCaffrey is going to play, I think the unders hit on on when Coach Frost was going to be asked about that in his press conference. I think, I think it, was it was the third, third question. question. Yeah, so I think the unders hit on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I so to not bring that up, I think it was smart. I you know, I, you're just opening yourself up to to all kinds of different avenues and angles from what people would write or say about it. So no, I think it was a smart move. Let this thing kind of settle out of it. It was the first day. It was the yeah. first day today. So. You know, let this play out a little bit. Let Adrian get his feet back under him, and you know, we'll we'll hear what uh, Luke McCaffrey and Noah Vedral and even Logan Smothers are are doing in camp. Yeah, what on. was
1: Mario Verduzco's quote about Logan? That cat can run. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, something like that. That cat can really run. Pretty impressed with him. Said he gave him a quarterback test, and he just blew it out of the water. Yeah,
1: I, I think Logan's going to be a nice player to this program. I think it was a good get for Nebraska. Uh, in the recruiting process so we got a lot to get to all right let's go to the head coach's comments today at the press conference uh, right out of the gate asked how it was if it was nice to get back out on the practice field
3: it's good to be back out i saw a lot of energy uh, a lot of guys that were excited to practice um anytime you go through a off-season conditioning uh program i think the guys are anxious to see the work they put in kind of come to fruition on the field and uh, we definitely made some improvements again get in the weight room, so it's good to get back out there with the ball flying around.
1: He was asked then, are you are you harder on this team now that they've been in your program for a couple years? Are you tougher on the team now that it's year three of the program?
3: The tempo was really fast today. They got a lot of reps. Um, I think the the receivers in particular had to run a lot. We're still a little thin at a few positions, that being one of them, so those guys are going to get a lot of reps in spring. Um the, the practice definitely moved around faster than it has the f- the first day of spring ball the first two years, and I think that's mostly to do with familiarity of what we're doing.
1: Well, that and that should be. I mean, particularly you've got quarterbacks in Adrian and Noah in particular who've been through this offense several different times. They, I don't know it. you got an offensive line that's all back from last year. Those guys ought to be able to go a little bit quicker pace than they have in the past, and they're not trying to think about some things. So Talking about going full go, full pace – Coach was asked if Adrian Martinez is full goal to start spring.
3: Adrian's a little limited. He had off-season shoulder surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. Um, He's non-contact, but we're not going to be doing a lot of contact with our quarterbacks anyway. So just about everything, maybe short of goal line drills where we'd run the quarterback, we're going to be comfortable with him uh, taking snaps.
2: You maintain that shoulder injury happened at Purdue. I don't know if it happened or that was you know it was sore and that was the last straw. but there was that play on their sideline where I believe it was third and goal. He scrambled off to his right, he does the the patented Adrian dive for the pylon and i for for whatever reason, not a lot of people saw it happen, but immediately I could tell that it was it was messed up. and um yeah, I don't and, and coach Verduzco – doubled down on that today like he was kind of asked about you know Adrian's health and he he said not one time during practice before practice off season before a game during halftime has Adrian ever complained about being sore being hurt ever so the only person that will ever know is Adrian and maybe is, is the closest people to him because he would never tell anybody you know, how he's feeling. And he said, you know, as far as I knew, Adrian was as healthy as a horse, but we knew now that that wasn't the case. He was pretty adamant, too, that Adrian's in a good space right now,
1: good place, mentally, physically, and I don't have any reason to doubt
2: that his coach is saying the, the right things about him. Yeah, and and again, I'll, I'll say it again, I, I maintain that Adrian Martinez has been and will be at his best when his back's against the wall, and I think he kind of feels that right now. There's a lot of people in this state – that were the same ones campaigning for him to win a Heisman or be an All-American his freshman year that have very quickly jumped off his bandwagon, torched him as a player, and say, it's time to move on already. Uh, I think there's still a fair amount of those people out there, and I think he's ready to prove those people wrong. That Purdue game, not only did
1: Adrian hurt that shoulder in that game, but that's when Wandale popped his hamstring. Yeah. In that Purdue
2: game. Late in that one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he wanted to come back in, but they... (laughs)
1: You can't move.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's a few guys I get tired of seeing worked on an in injury tents, and those two are one of them. That stinking ross Stadium. We've got more guys hurt there. Des yeah. blew his ACL. Spencer Long got hurt at a game there a couple years ago. That's been a
1: house of whores.
2: Well, it looked us- like – like, like I, I think I even put out a tweet, something. looked like the 18th fairway at Augusta on Sunday <laughs> before we even went out there. The field was just an – Absolutely horrid condition.
1: They'd played in the rain the week before against Illinois. Yeah, it was tough. Other quarterback is Luke McCaffrey. Ben mentioned it earlier. The over-under for us was would it be the third or fourth question asked about would he play some wide receiver this spring? Here's the question.
3: We talked about uh, Luke and and his role. Um, I think there, there may be a time to talk about something else for him down the road. Right now he's competing to be the quarterback. Um, that's what that's what he is in our eyes. Um, so we want to give him every chance in the spring to do that. Uh, come fall, if he's not the guy, then uh, I'm sure there's some ways that we can use him.
1: I think that's fair. We've seen that happen a lot of places around the country. Ben, that the quarterback isn't going to be the starter, but he's such a good athlete, you need to play him. You move him around. We, we've seen that a handful. Tate Martell comes to mind, the young guy who was at Ohio State and then at Miami of Florida. Um, so that 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 would make some sense to me. If he isn't going to be the starter, then then but but you've got to utilize his talent. You've got to get him out there somewhere.
2: Yeah, and I think eventually, like Luke wants to play quarterback, and that, that I mean that's the position that he plays. Now there does become a point in an athlete's career where if you're in a room with a full of four or five really good ones, and you're in a situation like this in Nebraska right now, where they've got no receivers sooner or later the competitor in you wants to just be on the football field and i think that's when sometimes you see the position change uh, of guys willing to you know get somewhere else when they can help the team but right now luke wants to play quarterback Mm -hmm. and i don't think anybody can blame him for that because that's the position that he plays absolutely
1: Um, but this is a reasonable i think thought process that the coaches have about him moving forward speaking of moving forward we need to step aside get a break in when we come back the impact Matt Lubeck has had on the program in just two months. The new offensive coordinator and special teams. What is the future of that for this program? We'll hear from the coach about all of this coming up next. A lot of moves made in the off-season for the Husker football program. One of those is being hiring Matt Lubeck to be the new wide receivers coach and offensive coordinator. Here's the head coach talking about the impact that's already been felt by the hiring of Coach Lubeck.
3: Yeah, Matt's a good friend. of uh, also, a really good coach. Uh, the level of organization on our offensive side of the ball is already substantially better. Uh, he's already making an impact. Um, it's kind of hard to describe how, but it's some of the things we're doing, the way we're charting what we're doing, how many reps of each thing we're getting, making sure things are scripted the right way against the right looks, uh, that we're running plays against every look we need to see it against so the guys can adjust, those types of things. Um, we haven't been as dialed in on as I would have liked to have been, and uh, he's definitely improved us in that area already.
2: Well, you can read a lot in between the lines of those comments. Uh, let's just say it's open to interpretation of what that means, but yeah. it seems like steps are being taken in the right direction. He's going to have a difficult spring because of the lack of bodies.
1: Now, that's certain, that room's going to get a lot of help in the in, once you get to June, when you get Omar Manning in there and... Xavier Betts in there, and um, Flowers from Miami. Get those guys in there. Flowers Fleming, Fleming. I gotta get all these names right. Don't yeah, I? that room will change, much like the running back room changed last summer. But uh, he he'll have a chance to keep the bodies healthy during uh, during the spring football practice. The other addition is a special teams analyst, Coach Rutledge, who came from Auburn. Uh, Here's the head coach talking about why he was intrigued to hire Rutledge as his new special teams analyst.
3: Well, it it was a big decision. There was a lot of guys that uh, were interested in the job. Uh, We wanted to find the right guy. There was a bunch of good coaches. We wanted somebody that fit with kind of our culture on the coaching staff as well. Um, Really like Rut's pedigree, where he's been, the type of person he is, being a family guy, and I think he's going to fit in real well. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try this. I didn't really want to burden uh, someone like Coach Dawson with making sure our outside linebackers improved and running all four special teams. That that's a heavy role. So um, I wanted somebody that could kind of do the X's and O's and schematics off the field for our uh, special teams and really train our coaches to go out and uh, implement it with our players. And it's gonna save. Uh, save our position coaches a lot of time, and have somebody that's um, entire time is dedicated to making our special teams better.
1: With being an analyst, you can't go out and actually do on-field coaching, particularly during game days. So how's that going to be split up among the coaching staff?
3: Here's the coach. We kind of assigned them for spring. I'm not sure if that's going to stay true to exactly how we assigned it come fall. But uh, there's three or four coaches working with every special team. We're going to give one coach uh, the lead role on every special team and let them uh, run the meetings and, and drive it through to our players. Um, obviously with Rutt kind of helping them and, and explaining scheme to our coaches.
1: Ben, one other th- reference he made to special teams during the press conference today was he believed special teams cost Nebraska three to four games last year. And you can think about the Indiana game was close. Huskers missed a couple of field goal tries in that game. Kickoff returns against Wisconsin and Iowa for touchdowns. It's
2: a big part of it, and it it has been very hurtful, I think, to Nebraska. Yeah, I mean, I, I to think the last time when Nebraska popped a kick return, couldn't kick the ball in the end zone. You, know, you talked about the kick returns. Everybody's well aware of the field goal situation mm-hmm. and how bad it was last year. There, you really didn't feel confident
4: in, in any, any of it. I
2: mean, Isaac Armstrong... You know, at punter, not a lot of returns off of him, but every time we needed a good kick, it seemed like we shanked one. So let's just say there's room for improvement there. Those hidden yards can certainly add up in a close football game, and we, certainly,
1: we had a bunch of close football games last fall. So is there a mantra? You mentioned this in the opening part of the hour. Is there a mantra for this year? Coach was asked if toughness is the mantra from coaches or the players.
3: I think coaches need to demand toughness, but it better come out of the locker room. You're not really going to have a tough team. Um, I was with a couple of my teammates this past weekend uh, and two of the toughest guys on our whole team. And uh, guys like them didn't need anybody from the coaching office to tell them to be tough. That's just the way they were. They expected it themselves and expected it one another. And um, I think we've been getting better and better at that, and I saw more of it out there on the field today than I've seen in a while.
1: There you go, coming from the head coach. J.D. Spielman, who came out last week that J.D. has temporarily left the football team. The coach was asked if he's having any communication with J.D. at the present time.
3: We're kind of just backing off right now and making sure that he's able to do the things that he needs to do. And um, I think there'll be a lot of dialogue down the road, but uh, right now we just wish him the best.
1: The question that was posed to him, Ben, was um, with J.D., like gone or something and coach frost jumped in and said no i'm that that's not the right terminology he is not, he's he's not gone from the program he's just not here currently so he wanted to make a distinction that they haven't given up on jd um so you knew it would get brought up today i don't know that i heard anything that surprised me in that that realm and i'll say what i said last week i just you want what's best for jd you hope that whatever he's dealing with he can can get it under control.
2: Yeah, and I don't think any more details are going to come out nor should they. This is a personal matter to him and his family and it's really none of our business exactly what it is or what's going on. And you know, I think everything was said correctly today, you know, and Nebraska is going to provide the support when JD needs it, but for right now, you know, this is a personal matter. This isn't a football matter. Yeah, do we want him out there on Saturdays? Of course, but Um, this is all bigger than football right now. And, you know, you got a young man's well-being, you know, being talked about right now. So um, at this point, I don't think anybody can blame J.D., whatever his decision is, whether it's to stay there, whether it's to come back. I I mean, it's, it's his prerogative on what he wants to do.
1: One last clip from the head football coach at his press conference from today. He was just asked, what do you see as the future for Husker football in 2020?
3: We talked about that on the elevator ride up, and um, you guys got me afraid to come up and say we had a good practice. I know I know everybody wants to hear how practice went, and I was pleased today, but uh, if I tell you guys it was our best first day ever, then a bunch of you are going to go place bets on us to win the next Super Bowl. Um, you know, I, I understand now why Coach Osborne was so mild-mannered and... Uh, most he would ever say about a player is he's going to be a pretty good player and I kind of get that now uh, You know, Nebraska fans. I, I love them. They're they're so excited about it and, and if you say anything good about a player or a team all of a sudden they're gonna be the next Johnny Rogers and we're gonna win the Big Ten and um, We got a long way to go, uh, but I was very pleased with the first day and um, You know, it was the best first day of spring we've had but um the first two seasons didn't go like we wanted. So we have a lot of work to do. I
1: think that's perfectly put. And, and i it's bad that he has to stop and think about whether he should say they had a good practice if they did. I mean, if you feel that way, say it. But again, I think the fact that the last three seasons have ended with this football program, not making a bowl game, it's just got all the fans gun shy. And I, and I get that too.
2: Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, but at the same time, you know, we had a call early in the hour, and I think he's he's kind of right. He has to be honest too, uh, with what he's seeing. Uh, it's it's definitely a slippery slope. Probably uh, not a lot of wins, win, win in that scenario. But you know, at the same time, you know, he's got to say what he thinks, and fans may not like it. We might not like it all the time. But you know, at the end of the day, it's better than the alternative of him not saying anything or. You know, g- giving misinformation, I, I don't know. I It's never really bothered me so much. I think fans like to poke fun at it just because of the, the, the lack of wins. But, you know, if the coach says what he thinks, then I am have no problems with it. Next practice, Wednesday, no media availability for that. Then they'll go
1: Saturday and then Monday. Next Monday is the next time we'll hear from some coaches. The defensive coaches will meet with the media after next Monday's practice. Thursday's Pro Day. There'll be some guys out there trying to put some numbers up. I don't know if the Davis twins will be there. I would think Lamar might. He might want to try to get a better time down yeah. for the 40. So that'll be going on. You'll see some information popping up on their pro day on Thursday. Next practice again on Monday. Coming up next hour, the head basketball coach in studio, Fred Hoyberg will talk Husker Hoops, a regular season wrapped up. Yesterday, they're off to Indianapolis for the Big Ten tournament, which gets underway on Wednesday. Get your calls, comments, questions ready for the head coach. Then hour three, we'll have our weekend rewind with Ben. We'll also hear Ben sit down interview with Juan Dale Robinson, who's one of the players made available today at the football gathering. Basketball show coming up next.
0: It's the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network. 9.55 to go, back behind the screen of Ivan, pick and roll, no return pass. Skin pass right side to Green, shoots the three, got it! He stood still after the jab Steph throws and drilled it. An inside look at what's going on around Nebraska basketball. Berg with a step, back starts down the left lane line, has his man in the air, bounce pass, up top right side, Cheatham, same place, got it! To tie it! Cheatham with back-to-back threes! with the head coach, Fred Hoiberg. 6.50 to go in the half. Here's Thorpe and driving the ball, puts it up, and in one-point ball game. Huskers were down nine. They've cut it to one. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host of the Nebraska Basketball Radio Show, Greg Sharp.
1: Thank you. Welcome to the program. 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. The numbers if you want to be a part of the next hour. We have the head coach in here. Final show of the year. Regular season wrapped up yesterday. Huskers off to Indianapolis where they'll play the Indiana Hoosiers on Wednesday night. Ran into a bit of a buzzsaw Yes, they man eighteen three pointers made by the Gophers. They were really on fire.
5: Yeah, they they were. You got to give them credit. They came out uh, with a great mentality. I thought actually we got off to a really good start. And you know, with about ten minutes left, it was <clears throat> twenty nine to twenty five. And you know, we were playing well. I thought we had a really good rhythm offensively and uh, got off to a great start, six nothing. And then uh, we went through one of those stretches, Greg, where we missed three wide open threes and three uh, layups at the rim. And you know, you leave fifteen points on the board like that. And then Minnesota took advantage, especially on those layups. When we miss those easy ones at the rim, a lot of times we fall or something happens. We don't have floor balance getting back. And that's when teams are taking advantage of us and hitting threes. And, you know, it's a five-point swing when you miss a layup like that and they get a three on the other end, and that got their confidence going. Uh, You know, second half, kind of the same old story. We just came out and... uh, it didn't have the energy we needed to uh, play in a game like that with a team uh, that was shooting the ball uh, like they were from the three-point line. So, uh, you know, tough game. Right now, the reality of it, Greg, I mean, we're playing with seven guys and four of those are freshmen and two of them haven't played much this year. So they're getting very valuable experience. Uh, you know, I really sense our guys got worn out as that game went on. And, you know, it's it's been like that now for a couple where we've had low numbers. Uh, so, you know, it's uh what I can ask of them is go out there and play hard and play with effort. I thought our guys did that, but again, I really thought they got worn out late. This, and I'm I'm going to have you
1: hearken back to your days
5: at Iowa State.
1: That when you're in a transition year like you are in, and you have scholarship players that are ineligible to play because of the transfer rule, they're sitting on the end of the bench. It can happen,
5: right? Or you can get kind of thin toward the end of a year. Yeah, injuries. Yeah. All that type of thing. Yeah, and I had a situation at Iowa State. I actually had to uh, call Paul Rhodes a football coach and borrow a couple of his players. So, you know, that's kind of where it got to uh, at one point. We were on the road going to Kansas. Uh, those two guys ended up being very successful. One is now the strength coach for San Diego State uh, with their basketball team, and the other one's a head coach uh, at one of the Missouri schools. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things when you do have guys sitting out uh, that are going to be very important players, very good players for our program here moving forward. Uh, you know, you're going to have times, unfortunately, like this where you know we've had a week where we've had to make some tough decisions. But you know, what my job is right now is to lay the foundation for this program and uh, have rules and standards and try to set the culture. And, you know, it's unfortunate what, what has happened, but, you know, you just go out there and give guys very valuable experience. You look at a guy like Ivan, for example, that has just been, you know, had some really phenomenal games, especially as of late. Uh, 19 rebounds uh, in the game against Northwestern, 11 points in that game. You know, he's at multiple double-doubles, set the all-time rebound record for freshmen. So, you know, when you have guys like this that are getting thrown into the fire, maybe a little bit before they're ready, uh, as was the case early in the season, but I really think he's made positive strides. And, you know, that's, again, what, uh, what we ask for our guys is go out there and play hard and play with effort, and for the most part, I think our guys have done that.
1: When I when I think of tired basketball players, I see a lot of shots that come up short. Thor, to me, looks like a guy whose legs are starting to go from.
5: Yeah, Thor's given everything he's got. He's played so many minutes this year, you know, after not playing a lot uh, last season. And, uh, you know, he had a summer where he played on his national team. And, you know, our guys, uh, when you look back, uh, going, we've been really since June with the trip Mm -hmm. to Italy, uh, you know, with all that extra time, you do have concerns. I remember we took our Iowa State team to Italy. I I did have a, a worry about burnout uh, as the season goes on, we were winning with that team, so maybe it wasn't uh, as much. But you know, when you're going through a stretch like this and you're thin on numbers, uh, you're going to get a little bit, of, a little bit of that as the season goes on. Uh, Thor's had a phenomenal year for us, and um, you know he is shooting, struggling a little bit from the three point line right now, but he's still out there. He's always in the right spot. Uh, he's making plays uh, on the offensive end, and uh, you know I'm really proud of him for for the effort he's given us this season. A
1: call's one of those freshmen that's now getting thrown in there to play, and I know this was kind of a development year
5: for him as well what progress have you seen from him yeah it was good to see him hit, you know he hit that three in the corner last night he's really been working hard uh on that element of his game he, he's doing a good job cutting to the basket especially out of those corners uh you know defensively it's the biggest adjustment and you know sometimes you get caught off in one of those shooters and you hold a tag too long or you get caught up on a roll man and that's where they hit a lot of the threes on us last night was it wasn't off our double teams we rotated actually very well uh with our group but uh you know when 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 you get caught up and you're in positions that you really haven't been in before. Uh, Those were a lot of the the threes that we ended up giving up last night, but you know, call the one thing I know he's going to go out there and play extremely hard. He had a phenomenal block uh, that was called a foul in the Northwestern game. It was a, it was a huge call. Uh, But you know, he's, he's the thing I love about, about a call. He, he comes in every day. Uh, He and Ivan are generally the first two in the gym, as well as Charlie easily. And those guys are really working on their skill development and they've all three gotten better. Yeah. A week ago, you
1: had your final home game, so you honored your two seniors, and they weren't here long, but particularly in Hanif's case, a guy who's, I think, kind of helped set set that foundation for you.
5: Yeah, he really is. Uh, You know, a lot of times when you get that uh, grad transfer, uh, you know, what they're looking at is themselves because their future's right in front of them. And you know, the thing that Hanif has provided for our young players uh, is a work ethic, and he's shown them and talked to them through tough times because he's been through it all and been in a couple different programs now. Uh, he played in the NCAA tournament, the only guy in our active roster that did that. Uh, so to be able to help guys like Ivan and Kevin and Nicole and Charlie and the freshmen that we have on this roster that are playing minutes, uh, it's great to have a guy that's been through it. Mate as well. Mate is helping, uh, especially with Ivan You know, being an in- international player. Uh, you know, remembering when he was over here for the first time. And, you know, that's important for a guy like Ivan to have somebody he can lean on and ask questions to uh, that are over in this country uh, for the first time. Uh, I feel really bad for Mate how it ended because he was starting to shoot the ball, you know, I think kind of like we all envisioned uh, that he would when he got here. And, uh, you know, those percentages were about 50% the previous four games. Uh, And unfortunately, he had the injury, and you just hate to see a kid like that uh, that's such a good person uh, end uh, the way it did. The
1: Northwestern game was your final home game. I just want to get a thought from you about the support you saw from from Husker fans throughout your home schedule?
5: Yeah, you know, I can't tell you enough how much we appreciate the fans fans here, Uh, not only for showing up every game but being positive with us. And, uh, you know, obviously it's not the year that any of us wanted, but, you know, I do think it was an important year to try to get things established for us for a program for the long term. Uh, There's brighter days ahead, I can promise you that. And I see it every day with the three guys, with Shamil Stevenson, with Delano Banton, with Derek Walker. Uh, over there in the scout team every day uh, with the recruiting class that we envision that we will sign uh, next month. Uh, You know, we're going to get some players in here that I feel really good about, and you bring that along with the young players that we have in this roster right now that, you know, I feel have made positive strides uh, this season. Uh, We have a chance to be a lot better next year. Uh, What that means as far as standings, I don't know yet. The league, not only is it top to bottom as good as it's ever been but it's young <laughs> a lot of these players are going to be back uh next season so uh you know but w- but we're, we're we're going to get there greg there's there's no question and a big part of that is the fan base because of how supportive they are how, how big of a home court advantage can
1: that be with the, the support that's going to be there and with you getting better talent it, it ought to become a pretty tough place for people to come in and win.
5: Yeah, and, you know, again, when, when we were discussing, uh, you know, the opportunity to come here, I've talked to a couple coaches, you know, Coach Izzo specifically that really talked about how great of an atmosphere Pinnacle Bank Arena is, and he said it's as good as any in his mind, as good as any in the Big Ten, and that's saying something. You know, we're a league that pretty much every time you step on the floor in the road, uh, you're in a sold-out arena and a great atmosphere. So for a guy like Tom Izzo to say this is as good as any, that meant something off to
1: Indianapolis for Wednesday's Big Ten tournament matchup with the Indiana Hoosiers. You've got uh, you've got a lot of memories, I'm sure, in this this field house.
5: Yeah, I uh, some of the best years, uh, most memorable years, I guess, as a player. Uh, I was drafted by the Pacers. I was a 52nd pick uh, taken that year, and I was very lucky. I actually was taken. Uh, in the draft that was the year of the expansion so it was the year the Toronto Raptors and the Vancouver Grizzlies came into existence so that opened up 30 new spots uh, in the league that year and the way the expansion draft works is you get to protect eight of your players and then the rest you put into a draft pool and Byron Scott you know great player Mm -hmm. from the old Showtime Lakers and uh, was a key contributor in the playoff teams with the Pacers he was left unprotected and got picked up by Vancouver so that opened up a spot and uh, for me uh, you know I went in there basically competing against six other players, and who it came down to was myself and Damon Bailey and Damon Bailey, I don't know if you remember was on the Indiana. cover yep, cover of Sports Illustrated in eighth grade and Bobby Knight, I think at that time said he could start form as an eighth grader so you know I'm going up against one of the greatest stories uh, storied players in the history of Indiana High School basketball. He won a state championship and they didn't have classes at the time and they beat uh, big school in the championship at the Hoosier Dome and I think there was like 30,000 people at that game so uh, you know to go in there and it kind of came down the two of us, and uh, they ended up keeping me. And you know, I had four great years there two for Larry Brown, uh, first played for, and then I played for Larry Bird. Uh, my second two years. So, you know, great memories there. Our first two children, Paige and Jack, were both born uh, in Indiana. And, you know, every time we go back, we generally drive up to Carmel where we had our first house and, you know, check out and see how the old digs are doing. So pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool to be back. Was this arena open then? It wasn't. No, you we were played at the older one? We played at Market Square Arena. Okay. And, yeah, that was a great, great arena. Had unbelievable fans and, uh, you know, so well supported. Those were the old series where we played against the Knicks and you had Reggie and Spike right. Lee uh, going back and forth with each other. It was so much fun. And then we lost uh, the best year. We played the Bulls uh, with the Dynasty, and we, we beat them in six. Reggie Miller hit an unbelievable shot coming off a screen, pushing off as def- actually pushed off Jordan, uh, came off, hit a three to win the game at our place. And then game seven, uh, we went in. We actually had an 18 point lead in the first half against the Bulls. And I'll never forget this. Michael Jordan had a jump ball against Rick Smiths. Rick Smiths a seven foot four, uh, player from Holland. Great, great player. Uh, we were up by three with about two and a half, three minutes left, and Jordan goes up and tips it to Kerr, and Steve Kerr hits a three to tie it, and then Jordan just completely took over down the stretch. But uh, those were those teams were a lot of fun to play. I had a great seat for a lot of those games, <laughs> sitting on the bench. Those are good teams. I remember those teams really
1: well. Now let's head to the fall. Let's go to Plattsmouth. Drew, you're up with the head coach. Good evening.
3: Hey coach, I was just wondering um, if you could maybe comment on uh, Delano Banton and maybe Shamil Stevenson for um, those that haven't really seen him play much. Just what type of players they are. Where do you see them fitting in? Uh, Delano specifically seems pretty intriguing with his with his height and his length and uh, his skill set. So. Just wondering if you can maybe comment on their games a little more um, and, and what you see them doing uh, next year. So I'll hang up and listen. Thank you.
5: Yeah, thank, thanks, Drew. Appreciate the call. Uh, I'm really excited about Delano. He's he's a six eight, uh, really lead guard. He's a guy that can f- facilitate offense. He's got a great feel. He's got probably the best feel of anybody in our team. Uh, for reading a defender, and if his man gets a half a body on his up on his top side, he'll slip into the basket. And he's got great size uh, to finish in there. He's got good athleticism. He's got great legs, uh, and uh, and he gets in there and uses his body very well. He's got a- excellent vision. The one thing he's done a little too much of that we're talking to him about, and again, you see it sometimes with uh, you know with guys in their sit out year. Uh, he's turning the ball over a little bit too much right now. But uh, I'm telling you, his vision and his feel uh, is exactly where we need it. His, uh, you know, with our system that we play, it's a lot of read and react, and he gets more layups than anybody in our team just by reading the defense and cutting uh, to the basket. He can rebound it. He almost had a triple double. Uh, the only thing he missed it on, I think, he had. 13 rebounds and 11 assists and 8 points in a game last year against Wisconsin on the road. So, uh, you know, a guy that's certainly capable of filling the stat sheet in all areas. Uh, Shamil Stevenson, uh, phenomenal uh, Big Ten body. He's about six and 245 pounds, very explosive, can get to the rim, uh, and a guy that can knock down shots. Uh, he's shooting the ball very well. I, it, I went through actually their stats today from all of our summer workouts and the trip to Italy uh, and how they finish? Shamil Stevenson's finishing at the rim at about sixty-three percent. Delano's at about fifty-eight. Uh, Shamil shooting ninety-two percent from the free throw line, which obviously uh, you know we're we're, we're going to need to improve in a big way in that area. And Derek Walker's finishing at sixty-seven percent uh, at the rim. So you know we've got guys that I think will help with positional size are certainly going to help with our depth uh, and I'm excited to get all three of those guys eligible Walker would be a five in your system yeah I I think so I think that's probably his natural position Uh, very good rim roller and and again like I said an excellent finisher uh, at the basket and he's a guy that's played at a high level Uh, you know the thing about it is you're getting a guy that's coming from a great program at Tennessee where they played uh, for national championships and you know he played behind some really really quality players that are playing in the NBA right now so uh, Uh, You know, when you can get those types of guys that are program guys uh, that have had success, uh, you know, it it certainly should help with culture. Shamil's game more on the out of the floor or down. we he can do a little bit of both. I you know I think you can post him against some smaller defenders. There's there's no question about that. And we've used him uh, on the scout team in different roles. We've made him a four man uh, you know for post up position for example. He'll play Trace Jackson Davis uh, on the scout team <clears throat> uh, here tomorrow, preparing us for the Indiana game. And then we'll also use him as a shooter that can come off screens. Uh, you know, so again he's explosive, uh, really good physical frame and uh and again he'll, he'll certainly help us with size and he should help us on the boards as well so better inside than out uh not necessarily not necessarily he could shoot three. three oh absolutely yeah he's he, that, that's you know he did that well at, at pittsburgh when he was there for the year and uh he is a guy that certainly can make shots okay
1: drew appreciate the phone call those, those guys i know have been, it's probably been a long year for them I mean, that's that's not. It it is
5: long, but at the same time, you know, as I talked to them when they got here, it's going to go fast, and 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 it does, you know. And I I talked to all of them, um, actually. Met with two of them yesterday and, and another one today and just talked to them about, you know, we're a week away from you being eligible and a couple of days actually from being eligible. Right. So, you know, just the importance of, you know, continue to do the right things and finish academics uh, strong and uh, get themselves ready to play, um, you know, next season. And, you know, and again, we're going to give them a couple of weeks. We'll give them the rest of this week off and then they have spring break after that and then we're going to get right back to work. Unfortunately, your season
1: is going to end this this week You're unless not we gonna, win five in a row. Unless right? you win five in a row, what's the odds of that are, are pretty thin. Can you immediately then go out on the road, or is this a period? It's you a recruiting can go? period.
5: Yeah, absolutely. This is a recruiting period. We are going to be on the road. We're planning on uh, hitting a couple places, um, you know, as soon as the end of this week and uh, early next week as well. There's a, a junior college tournament at at uh, at Hutch, which mm-hmm. we are going to attend. Uh, but yeah, we're we're certainly going to get out and start meeting with kids right away. Okay. You know, busy. No rest. <laughs> no rest. No. It. No. But you know, again, it, it, with the way the season has gone, you know, it's it's going to be a, a long few months. Uh, you know, to before we get to start practicing again, you know, you want to get that taste out of your mouth as quickly as possible, and and get back in the floor and get back to work. So you know, it's going to be a lot of individual skill development uh, for the next really month uh, before our guys go home. Their last day of classes are on May 8th. Uh, they'll get about a month off and then be back for summer school where we'll start doing team activities again. But, uh, yeah, I, I you know, when, it, when the season goes like it is right now and, you know, for everything that we've got coming in and the excitement I think that we're generating for this next season, uh, we're going to be ready to get back to work very quickly. All Big Ten teams
1: came out today. Cam Mack was recognized by the coaches as an honorable mention. Hanif Cheatham was your nominee for the Big Ten Sportsmanship Award. Coaches are pretty – Locked in step with the
5: media on on the first team. It was, it was kind of a clear-cut group of a five that really had great years in this conference. Yeah, I thought so. And, you know, the two unanimous picks, I, I think, uh, you know, obviously very easy with Garza and uh, and Cassius Winston. I, you know, I can't believe somebody in the media left Cassius Winston off the first team. That just blows me away. But, uh, you know, the, the way both those <clears throat> guys have played this year, uh, you know, Garza certainly I think will be up for the national player of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look at the streak that he has, I think his last streak, last game under 20. Was, it might have been against us. Uh, you know, that third, I think it was the third game of the year uh, in league play. So he's just such a force and drawing double and triple teams and still putting up huge numbers. Uh, Lamar Stevens had a, a, an incredible season uh, at Penn State, an incredible career uh, at Penn State. And just with his athleticism and, uh, you know, team's going to be going to the tournament for the first time in a long time. So uh, certainly well-deserved. And then the two Maryland players, uh, you know, Jalen Smith with his ability to protect the rim and his versatility shooting the ball, uh, and then Cowan, as well, you know another reason that that team shared the uh, the big ten title three way tie
1: top of the league.
5: How about that yeah it's unbelievable, and you know again, you just look at the depth of this league I, you know I look at that Minnesota team that we played yesterday and the talent on that team, and you 're looking at the twelfth seed yeah. uh, in the conference tournament so yeah it is, it really is incredible the uh, the talent in the league that uh, uh, that we had this year, and I think it's going to be a phenomenal uh conference tournament and you know for true basketball enthusiasts I think this is going to be a really exciting week team you're set to play Indiana a lot of people think they're right on that bubble to get in too. yeah it's an important week for Indiana and you know it's uh something where uh, you know them and Purdue and you know they're going to really be going out there and trying to improve their resume uh to get in it you know again hopefully we can go out and play great and play well and, and make it a game uh you know again it's going to be tough with the roster the way it is right now but you know hopefully we can go out and play hard a lot of people expected
1: Maryland to be toward the top, Michigan State to be the top. I think Wisconsin was a bit of a surprise to get up there and get a part of that title.
5: Yeah, they had a phenomenal year, obviously. And, you know, the way they're playing right now, they're playing a lot faster uh, yeah. as the season has gone on. They're shooting a ton of threes. And when you have a, a lineup out there in the floor that has that type of floor spacing where you can, uh, all five of them can make a shot and make a play, uh, you know, it makes it very difficult to guard. And, uh, you know, they've always had toughness on the other end of the floor. So, you know, I think it's a team that's really built for the tournament to go on a run.
1: I think Micah Potter was a big for them to give them a big presence inside. Let's go to the phones. Lee and Lincoln, you're up with the coach. Good evening.
3: Hi, coach, uh, good to talk with you. I really appreciate it. Um, we have a bit of a connection. My wife is from Ames, graduated from Iowa State twice. Uh, kind of been following your career for a fair amount of time. I'm from Lincoln, so um, and we live here now. Just wanted to say... Um, you know really support what you're doing i know you're doing it the right way um it's uh it's it's fun to watch you can tell the guys to be a coach it's it's fun to watch they've been playing hard and um i can prove to you that i'm i know ames i know the difference between duff and grand so (laughs) just wanted to say hi um it's going to be good next year.
5: Thanks a lot. Take care. No, I pr- appreciate the call. Uh, appreciate the call. He obviously married a very smart woman if he married <laughs> an Iowa State graduate. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, I, I, I do appreciate the call because we have been working and these guys have given everything they've had and practices and film sessions and, and done everything they can to get better and uh, individual skill work, which we've been doing a ton of. Uh, so, you know, I, I give our guys a lot of credit for hanging in there.
1: Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you on a Monday night, big big day for Husker football. Spring practice began today. Long media session, handful of players made available. The head coach did about a twenty minute press conference. Then all of the assistants were available for a half hour for the offense, a half hour for the defense. So a lot of news. One of the players that you caught up with is Wandale Robinson.
2: Yeah, always uh, always a fun one to talk to. I know the fans uh, obviously really love hearing from Wandale. I'd- monster impact his freshman season and earlier today was able to get a few minutes with him and obviously the first practice today for Wandale and just started out by asking him about you know last year and you know the the, the look looking back on last year reflecting and obviously getting started today with the first practice and how everything's going so far with him and getting ready for another spring
4: um I mean that's a great feeling to have just being able to um help our team in whatever way possible, whether that be the running back, receiver, blocking, doing anything that I need for us to do and um anything they ask me to do I'll do. What was your
2: first off season like? Let's just start first with, you know, the end of the season and kinda what you turned your attention to and what Coach Duvall kinda wanted out of you this off season
4: um really it was just me getting back to healthy um you know I was out for a little bit of time and then whenever we got back to strength and conditioning they were just kind of making sure that I was taking care of my body right and um then just being a more polished receiver um just knowing that personally I had to be better at that too so
2: how was your body feeling that was probably the most beating you've taken in a football season and you were kind of the guy that we just had to give the rock to at the time just because we were short bodies let's just talk about how you were feeling physically maybe after anything you've ever experienced before
4: um after most games my body was hurting a lot more than it ever had been in high school but um it was just a great it was great to just be out there and do whatever i could to help our team um so now i just know what i have to do after games and after practices and stuff like that to make sure that i'm right
2: how does it feel wandale to be now a sophomore and being asked questions about what's next for the team the offense as opposed to you know when you came in here it was a lot about your recruitment where you wanted to go to school now it's just strictly Husker business how does it feel now to kind of have that step be gone and just focus on what's ahead
4: it's great I don't have to look back into what happened with high school and the recruiting process or anything like that so that's done and over with so now I'm just worried about our team and everything we can do to be the best that we can be okay
2: offensively let's talk about what you took away from your first season Uh, as we said it was kind of a a bizarre year for year for you because it was your first year you're bouncing back and forth wide receiver running back what did you kind of take away just first from the Husker offense, what you thought it might be and, and, you know, really your interpretation of it going into the off season.
4: Um, Just knowing that you have to be prepared for everything. Um, I knew coming in every week that I was going to play running back, I was going to play receiver, didn't really know how much I would do of either one. Um, but now they've kind of gotten to a little bit more of an understanding of where I'll be used and how they want to use me. So um, that'll be just to see. Now
2: that you're in it, you've been through it a year. When you look back on how you were used, where, where can you become better as a player? You know, you need a lot of different things to be good at both, but when you kind of look back on it, where, where is, do you want to see improvement focusing on here this spring, you know, to kind of make you better on the
4: field? Um, just me as an overall receiver. Um, I had to play a lot of running back last year, and so just being in the slot and knowing exactly what I need to do, how to get open, um, recognizing coverages and things like that. So just being able to be a complete receiver and do everything that I need to do
2: you're walking in
4: some young pups here
2: and like you they are not not going to have a choice they're going to have to be out there playing um but what's it been like kind of welcoming some of these young guys in alante you know as, as a guy that been compared a lot to you uh what's it been like kind of seeing these young guys come in and you know their first practice you know th- today and say okay ready go
4: um i just kind of give them some of the bits and pieces of what i went through and just how to get through everything and knowing what's going to come and um, just how to manage everything, so um just really trying to help them out in, in whatever way possible. If they have any questions that that I can answer i 'll help them out if I need to ask them something or anything like that, they always are there too One of the big
2: selling points to get you here was to get to play with Adrian Martinez, and I know he's been as frustrated as anybody and just putting his head down and working this off season what's your relationship been like with him this off season, the conversations you two have had about you know wanting to go up and and build off of last season?
4: I mean we've we've everybody's kind of talked to all the quarterbacks, all the receivers and we just know what we have to do. A lot of the times last year whenever the quarterbacks couldn't throw the ball it's all on us and then um there was vice versa sometimes. So we just always knew we had to get on the same page and then this offense can be really really dangerous. You faced
2: some really good teams last year. In your first year, you saw what big time college football is all about. And your opinion, Wandale, how how close were, was this team a year ago, and how how close do you think it can be this year, making taking that next step of of competing with some of those teams and beating those teams.
4: I think it was just a lot of the details. That's what we really missed out on, and we were just kind of doing a lot of more stuff than we probably could have. Um, now we're just focusing on the details and special teams and just making sure that we're doing everything right. And there was a few games we would just have a penalty and install a drive, and we'd have some momentum and something would happen. So just figuring out what we need to do to keep everything going.
2: Has there been much reflection and looking back and talking about those games this offseason about last year, or is it all moving forward, we're going to just forget about it and move on?
4: It's a little bit of both. Um, I mean, obviously, you have to play this year, and we aren't worried about last year. So, um, But we obviously know what happened last year with some of the games that were pretty close and that we could have won, um, and then some of the things that we could have done different in those games to win those games.
2: It's not entirely the same. You got a, a new guy in here who's kind of – calling some shots and running some things now what was your relationship like with which coach with coach lubick and the first time that you met him and, and what your opinions were
4: of him um I, at first i had i didn't really know who he was and so whenever they announced that i kind of looked up and saw where he was and where he had previously been and like that and so we watched some of the film from whenever he was with coach frost at oregon and whenever we just sat down i really just enjoyed talking to him and talking football with him and so i feel like i really really like this new coach so.
2: what type of guy is he you know you're sitting there talking to him what's his personality like
4: He's just laid back. He's not too loud. He's pretty quiet. But whenever he's on the football field and coaching, he's going to coach you hard. He's going to make sure that you do everything right. Um, I, I realized that today. He's always every little detail he wants perfect. So um, I really look for that. I really wanted to look for that into a coach. So
2: He had a, a year off, too. So this was kind of his first time. What was it like kind of watching him be back on the football field for the first time?
4: I mean I guess it was normal for me since I hadn't really seen him on another football field but um I mean it was good to have him out there and just to him that get his pick his brain on some things that I could have done better or anything that he had advice for me for so
2: you're going to be asked a 1,000 questions this spring about the bodies in the wide receiver room. You guys are short a few. What was that like, just the first one today of looking around and maybe how these reps are going to be distributed and the opportunities for some of these guys?
4: i say it's just a good opportunity for everybody. Everybody's in there to compete. Um, there's a lot of guys that are improving, so just coming in every day and working, um, it's going to help them out a lot, especially whenever fall camp gets here and then we have all the new guys come in and then everybody's kind of in the same. We all have the same mindset. And it's kind of the wide receiver. We'll have that culture in the receiver room to just be really really good and have one of the best receiver rooms in the conference so
2: you were one of the few guys that were here last spring too as a freshman where where can that help guys like Alante? you know getting kind of that head start before you know everybody else gets here in the fall getting that kind of that first taste of what this is
4: about um you get it, the speed of the game it changes a lot so um really after first couple practices and then you start to get adjusted and then once fall camp comes you're even more adjusted you kind of Got adjusted more faster than all the freshmen that just got there so you kind of already feel like you've been there for a while and then everything just kind of comes to second nature to that
2: you're without one of your closest friends here in jd i know that's that's just tough for you you guys were really close a year ago what what type of support just have you been given him and communication have you been had to kind of help him through this tough time
4: i mean he knows he can hit me up whenever he needs me um i support him with whatever he does so um i love him to death but uh, his health is the most important thing and him being happy is the most important thing too so um, that's really all that we talk about it's really not even like hey man I really want you to come back here I'm more of you do what you need to do I'm worried about you as a person not as a football player so that's my boy
2: What do you want out of this spring? I mean there's a few of these left. I know, you know, for guys that, you know, are gonna be relied on pretty heavily in the fall, it can be more of the particulars, you know, the, the, as you guys say, the details that you want to focus on. What's something that you're really paying attention to every day you hit the field?
4: Um for me it's my route running. Um, just making sure I'm polished there and asking the quarterbacks how they want to route run or how they want how they're gonna throw the ball or anything like that. So just being the complete receiver that they can count on, I can be stay in the game and I'll all phases whenever we're in two tight ends and I can be the other receiver um, in the slot and anything like I can play outside and inside so um, just being able to be versatile again so.
2: Wondell it's good seeing you again man thanks for sitting out with us keep that body healthy this spring look forward to seeing you again thanks buddy. Yep thank you. Wandale Robinson Nebraska now sophomore with us